Sabosa, Apple Crush. They came to Oh, I like that. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And just like that, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys, yep, man. Yep. Good morning again. Tuesday morning, Nashville. We are with you guys, man. The Black Man Vit 2 podcast, the baddest podcast in Nashville. Yep. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Yes, Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vit today, man? I'm excited to have my boy, Tonio McKinley, on yeah. the show, man. It is it is truly, truly a blessing in the how we met. Shout out to my boy Jonathan, man, um, a part of the illustrious fraternity that is better known as Kappa FSI Fraternity Incorporated. Frat's so nice, you can say it twice. The name so twice. I, I am truly, <laughs> truly excited, man, to bring my brother onto this show, man. And again, just grateful to the bond and just all Greek organizations that have led so many people in the networking yeah. opportunities, um, which is, again, how we stand here today. Presenting the song introducing the others today is a zoom episode guys we are we're not zoom riverside shout out to riverside fm maybe they might sponsor us if they yeah. if they hear me talk yeah. so shout out to riverside fm wherever they may be at but man check us out man this episode man i already know it's gonna be a good one presenting yes, the song introducing the others my good friend good brother tonio mckinley brother how you doing this morning i'm blessed brother i'm blessed brother how y'all doing man, good 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 man good man. Good, yeah. good glad to have you man and it's a blessing to have technology, bro. You know, yes. man, you you you're where you at and we where we are, man. But it's just good to have you on the show, man, through this channel of technology we got. Oh, most definitely. We appreciate technology bridging that gap for sure. Man, yeah, man. man, I'm telling you, man. Brother, let's get into it, man. Um, it's a lot of people, man, that may not know you, brother. Um, especially in Nashville, man. So let's get into who is Tony O. McKinley, man. Where you from? What are your 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 aspirations, man? What do you like to do every day, man? What do you do? Every day, man. Welcome to the show, man. Let folks know who you are. Yes, sir. My name is Tony O. McKinley. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Most importantly, Orange Mound, Memphis, Tennessee. You know, Memphis Mile, is on state outside yeah. of Tennessee. Yeah, I thought it was some bros from Orange Mound, man. Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, older, the older, oldest brother or eldest brother of three, uh, three sons. Um, live in Dallas, Texas right now. Graduated from the University of Tennessee. Know quite a few people from Nashville, been back and forth. We got some family there. Um, what I like to do on a day-to-day basis is, well, one, learn, two, pray, and three, most importantly, stay in tune with my faith. Um, and what do I do in regards to, like, for a living? Um, I'm a fund manager in Dallas, Texas. Um, I oversee $23 million of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, I invest in multifamily real estate, which is essentially buying apartment buildings. Um, trade stocks and professionally sports bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right now, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Every, everything dealing with money, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. And that's the only thing I know how to do. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> then, me being in the in the type of ministry that I deal with, man. I before I got off into that, man, I used to be real big with that sports betting, and I wasn't no good mm-hmm. at it. So how good are you at it? <laughs> I'm super good at it. Um, it pay the bills. Um, right, pay some of my investors with it. All um, right. And I'm able to get back to my folks. So, yeah, I guess that's the answer to the question. Yeah, you pretty, <laughs> hey, you pretty good because I was, I was giving and I wasn't giving. <laughs> man, it's, it's just, man, I, I can't skip past some of the stuff you said now. We, you said you oversee over $23 million of, let's let's get more into that, man. What 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 exactly is that industry about, man? And um, um, just twenty three million dollars to to anybody that's black, we got to figure out what 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 did you really yeah. say in that moment? So <laughs> so run that back for us, just in case somebody might have missed that for me, yeah. Tony. <laughs> right, right. 
right. Yeah, so uh, I'm a fund manager of three different funds, and Slice mm-hmm. Preferred Equity Fund, which we buy apartment buildings with, um, the Magnolia Growth Fund, which is real estate, stocks, venture capital, and sports. And then we have the Edge Seekers, Edge Seekers Capital Management, which is strictly just sports. Um, in regards to the $23 million, we rose $23 million from investors, and essentially they entrusted us with allocating their capital and making them a significant return to the point where they want to consistently do business with us. Mm. Right, right. Um, it there, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think, man, you know, you talk about, man, just naturally you got to see the numbers. And mm-hmm. it takes a certain level of trust. I know, man, mm-hmm. that the investors have given you you know, mm-hmm. to even kind of have that, man. So just naturally, bro, it's not a lot of us, if you will, that get into this type of field, man. What was the what was the 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 passion? I know money is the passion for everybody, but outside of the value, man, what was more so the passion behind the servitude, behind the service part of you actually giving back and teaching people all these different gifts and stuff like that? Um, I'd say, well, coming from Memphis, Tennessee specifically, um, it's a lot of us but not a lot of us assisting each other. And then the average household income is relatively low, especially the average household savings account. So me moving into finance was pretty much a no-brainer because I wanted to figure out how to be able to essentially put more money in our people's pockets um, while also giving them the opportunity to put money into their family members' pockets. For sure. So what was your major, man, at uh, UT? So ironically... My major at UT was retail and consumer science. Prior to that, mm. it was marketing. I chose mm-hmm. to go to UT because um, their college of business was top 3% in the country. However, mm-hmm. while I was there, I realized in that college, I was more so just a number versus actually like learning. And something mm-hmm. I came to realize is most of my teachers were trying to teach me business, but they never had one. So mm-hmm. I decided to wow. change my major and moved into the college of education, which was retail and consumer science. I was one of three black men in that whole entire department. And I was the first one in the history of the department to ever get a corporate job at a Fortune 500 company outside of the state of Tennessee. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, hey, man. That is to be celebrated, my brother. Yeah, that is to be celebrated. Hey, man, congratulations on that, man. Congratulations. I appreciate that. It's just good to see a young brother, man, as out here grinding and doing mm-hmm. it the right way, man. And I'm talking about here are the results, man. So don't tell me that you can't do it, whoever's listening to us right now. Don't tell mm-hmm. me you can't do it, man. You just have to be willing to put in some sacrifice, man, and, and put some things to the side until you get to your goals, man. And, and I'm watching you now, and it seems as though you, you, you've reached your goals as far as getting the education piece. But what are your mm-hmm. goals, man, as far as the financial institute and where you work at now? What are your goals in there? Are you trying to be... The CEO, are you cool where you at? You know, what what's 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 the next phase? Um, so I wanna essentially own a billion dollar fund, right? Um, right now, collectively with all three funds, we're at like a hundred and eighteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. But I like to market the one that essentially has the most liquidity in regards to like no borrowing against any of the funds. But essentially, my goal is to be bigger than Steve Jobs, bigger than Mm -hmm. Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. Remove those faces and put a brother's face up there. That's essentially what I want to do. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, because at at the end of the day, man, there's a such thing I feel like as a a cultural uh, Mount Rushmore. 
You know, we mm-hmm. got to change their faces. Like you said, the the USA money, Mount Mount Rushmore. You hear Steve, you hear Steve Jobs, you hear uh, Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. you hear Gates. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill mm-hmm. Gates, all those guys, man. When we we got Tyler Perry, we got LeBron James, we got those type mm-hmm. of guys that we again naturally, man. You 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 have the dream, man, of of chasing and surpassing. You know mm-hmm. these type of guys, man. So. Hey man, kudos to you, bro. Yeah, for man. sure. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Man, and I and I appreciate your servitude because I heard you say that you wanted to put money into your people's pocket, man. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing, man, because it's sad, man, because a lot of times when bros get money, man, they're not thinking on the same lines that you're thinking on right now. A lot of mm-hmm. times they're thinking about what I can do for me and mine but not how I can serve others. And really and truly, and I heard you say you was a man of faith too, so I'm going to go ahead and start getting on that avenue a little bit. But when you serve God in the way God wants you to serve him, and especially with your money, he makes sure that you always got something to serve him with. You know where mm-hmm. I'm going. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so you keep serving him from the financial standpoint. Yeah, I think you're going to reach your goal, man. I really do believe it. Yeah, so sir, my over... Go ahead. You, you, you're, you're a young brother from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about the 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 adolescent Tonio McKinley. What what did that look like? What did the middle school recess PE? That's all I had to worry about. Tonio McKinley. How did how did growing up look like, man? In um in in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I say at the earlier part of my life, it was more so difficult. Um, we lived in not the best neighborhood, so literally every night we would come home or literally every other week after my parents would replace something that was already stolen. My house got broken into every week until I was like the age of six to the point where my parents decided to move us to Bartlett, Tennessee, which is literally the suburb of Memphis. So mm-hmm. when I turned seven, my parents started sending me to schools out in Shelby County versus actually within the inner city of Memphis. However, they still made sure I had ties to inner city Memphis by sending me to the Boys and Girls Club in North Memphis. So (laughs) my summers were in the hood, but during school, they made sure my education was quality. So um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say I got to see equally both sides of the spectrum. I know what it feels like to come from nothing, but -hmm. I know what it feels like to be around people that had more than what I had and what I wanted to essentially strive to have more of once I got became an adult. But more than anything, I'd say hearing my parents say you always got somebody coming behind you was literally like the biggest motivator of my life. So for me, I couldn't do anything wrong. But I did. There was a couple generations of doing stuff, doing stuff the wrong Mm -hmm. way. So I have to always Mm -hmm. make sure I'm cognizant of what it was that I was doing, even as a child. So, Man, you know, we right. usually get to a little bit of this in the second phase, but I can just go ahead and hit it now because it's yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Man, what kind of pressure is that, man? Because it's like almost, and you know, and I feel that same pressure, but we're not talking about me today. We're talking mm-hmm. about you, but I, I know, I understand a little bit because I know how it feels to be like feeling like you're the one that's carrying the, the torch, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're the one that's holding up the banner. You know what I mean? How, yeah. what kind of pressure is that really, man? What kind of pressure was that for you? Man, to this day, that's an insane amount of pressure. So everything that I did as a child and everything I do now is so my little brothers don't have to do as much or they don't have to go through the phases that I went through, right? And even outside of that, I still look at my friends, whether they older than me or younger than me, as my younger brothers because I always take the risk that I don't want anybody else to try to take, right? Um, 
a lot of crying, a lot of feeling misunderstood internally, but not saying that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of questioning, okay, I feel like this is right. To get your approval as my parents, as my family members, as my friends' parents, that everything mm-hmm. was right. Um, growing up, my mom used to compare me to my best friend all the time. So why is he in this and you not doing this? Why is mm-hmm. he doing this or she doing this and you not doing this? So I made it a mission as I got older to ensure that even though I make sure like everything I do in the eyes of my younger brothers is always perfect, mm-hmm. I outdid every comparison that they ever put on me. So it's a lot of pressure. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, what, so and it, but I, I, it's like a two, it's like a double-edged sword because it was a lot of pressure, but it was also a motivator. Mm-hmm. So what do you do, man, as far as Antonio or Tonio, what does Tonio do, man, to get away from that every now and then? You know what I'm saying? What do you, you play video game, you go out on the town, <laughs> man, or you run the block a couple of times. What do you do, man? <laughs> so now I've started playing video games just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. My entire time I was in college, I didn't play video games because I was always mm-hmm. big on I don't want my parents comparing me to nobody. I got used, I have dealt with that for mm. what, eight years, right. nine years, even right. in college. Um, so I just now started playing video games again. I'll go on vacation to do something. Um, yeah. Read, reading is one of my favorite things to do. Okay. It like makes me escape my reality because I can live yeah. life through somebody else's lens. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go to church. So, uh-huh. um, Going to church has been one of my biggest like escapes, I'll be honest with you, because mm-hmm. when I get so tied into the hustler's mentality and mm-hmm. trying to make sure that I'm doing everything the right way, um, trying to outperform myself, it tends mm-hmm. to get super, super stressful up top. So yeah. make sure I go to church, give God his praise, because without him, I would be nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And without him, I would have nothing. So I yes. go give my thanks. Share my tears, let him know what's going on with me outside of church and within the church walls. Um yeah. and make sure I have community. So spend time with my friends. Yeah. yeah. And if I can't, if I'm not in the same area as them, sit on FaceTime with them for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Making me feel like we're in the same place. So yeah. that's a big thing. Man, you got a good balance, man. Yeah. You got yeah. a good balance, my brother. You do. Very good balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're not you're not finding that type of balance, Tonyo, in our generation too, bro. You know, we we're mm-hmm. talking. I, I've always said that uh, I heard this somewhere that us as a culture, man, we're about two or three generations behind. Um, just mm-hmm. due to slavery, man, due to the natural desegregation of things and stuff like that. So, man, when you look at uh, just culturally what we as black folks are doing with our money, do you have any type of confidence, man, that black people can really turn the black dollar around into more of a uh, Black Wall Street, Greenwood, Oklahoma type mm-hmm. feeling back in the day, man, in the 1930s, where we had the black dollar turn around more times than not. Will we ever get back to that to that point just based off of what you've seen in the cultural part of the world with, fi- with finances and stuff? That's a two-way street. I say yes and no, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say yes is because ironically, since being God blessed me to put me in the position that I'm in, I've actually come to find that there are a whole lot of black people that are very well established and are very good with their money. You mm-hmm. just don't see them because they don't portray themselves on social media. They don't, mm-hmm. 
they don't do the typical things that have been romanticized in our society. Mm-hmm. But I also say no on the other side of the spectrum because us as black people, what we have a tendency to do is to buy things in order to, I want to call it stunt, but to essentially make it seem like we're doing better than the next person when what we could have done was put all our money together and went to go buy a building in downtown Memphis, a building in downtown Nashville. Come on, um, man. Come on. Um, and also, like, this is also like a a generational thing, but the generations before us have taught us to save, 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 save. Um, so even with them, they're not big on taking the risk to be able to invest. They'll say, they'll teach you that investing is a positive thing, a positive direction, right? But they don't want you to take an unnecessary risk. But in order to essentially reap the reward of whatever it may be, you have to take those unnecessary risks. Mm-hmm. Man, I like that what you said because you're so right. Coming from um, the civil rights era and then mm-hmm. coming through the 70s where we were still, you know, just not given opportunity. And we're still in that phase now, but we've come a long way. But you're so right. The culture in which I grew up in, in my generation, it, that's what it was. Save your money. Go to mm-hmm. school. Save your money. Save your money. Save this amount of money, this, that, and the third. But now, you're exactly right. Because, see, I just got off into this stock thing myself a few years back because mm-hmm. I see the benefits of it, man. But I mm-hmm. had to, like you said, you have to really kind of take some risk. I'm going to be I'm gonna be real with you. I take risk. I take calculated risk, but I don't take them far-reaching risk. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I, I think y'all have a good uh, I, I, I appreciate the vigor to want to take the risk, but I, I think we need mm-hmm. to take uh, uh, educated risk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to get people like yourself to put yourself in position where you can help us do that, you know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. people like myself. See, I would need to get with somebody like you if I had a four or $5,000 that I wanted to put somewhere and take a risk, but take a calculated risk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I, think it, I think some kind of way we need to bridge that gap, man. So how can we bridge that gap where a guy like you and your generation can give somebody like myself the confidence to say, okay, I got this, I, I just retired and I got this mm-hmm. big lump sum of money and I need to mm-hmm. do something with it. But then I'm over here looking at you and I said, this brother said he can help turn this 50000 into 250000 Well, mm-hmm. give me the confidence to do that, man. Okay, so I'll do that. After I give you an ex- give you an explanation on to why okay. I'm about to do what I'm about to do. Okay, okay, so first and foremost, I think it'll be hard for me to be able to do that. I'll be transparent with you. And the reason mm-hmm. being, um, in large part, us as black people, we do a lot of scamming to each other. We scam each other. Woo. And prior to us scamming each other, earlier on, our counterparts were essentially taking advantage of us because we didn't know any better, right? Yes. Um. And yes. so with that being said, it'll be hard for me to convince you. So what I've tried to pride myself on now is not trying to push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And the reason why I say that is I've seen people that look like us that have had insane opportunities to invest in things that you would never uh, think of. So, for instance, my dad knew the CEO of Cricket before he started Cricket. He offered my dad the chance to be his business partner in Cricket, and he never did. 
And so see, that's what I'm talking about, man. And we be missing them up there. Wow. No, and no disrespect to your dad, because I know what he I know what your dad would feel. Your dad like, I don't work for all this money and I'll save it. Got my family in a good position, and you want me to take this risk? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I feel your daddy, and like I said, mm -hmm. oh man, that's a good one. That was a good one. Yes, <laughs> that was a good mm -hmm. one. I feel and it. To, I feel it. And, and to continue on that point, right? Um, him missing out on that opportunity. I actually went to a fund conference not that long ago, right? And there were six other black people in there that owned their own fund, and I asked them why they got into the space, right? And each one of them were like, because I wanted to provide financial, private investment opportunities to African-American people. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. bet. That's the mm -hmm. same reason why I got into it. And so I mm -hmm. asked them, I was like, so what percentage of the money within your fund is black people? It was less than 1%. Wow. And wow, man. I was like, were they the first wow. people that you reached out to? And they were like, yes. And I was like, so what do you think the reason is why they didn't invest with you? And everybody's response was the same. Black people aren't willing to take risk on black people. They're willing to take the risk with somebody that doesn't look like us. But even with that being said, they're also too afraid to take the risk with their own capital because they don't want to lose because they were so used to not having, right? Mm -hmm. You Man, you hit the nail on the head. Yes. And so for me... I ask our people to invest with me and I give them the opportunity. Sometimes I do it with some returns that I probably shouldn't be offering, right? But that's to instill some trust, right? Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I would rather teach you at least the majority of what I know for the simple fact. It will make you more trusting to be able to give me your capital for me to mm -hmm. be able to do the right thing with it. Because at the end of the day, what I, what I would refuse to do is to take advantage of my own people, right? Um, I didn't get put in a position where I was to be able to take away and not be a good steward. So mm -hmm. hearing people that look like us have the same problem that I was having in regards to raising capital from our people, I would say it's really going to take the individual that's considering there that was offered the opportunity to really take a look at themselves in the mirror and be like, mm -hmm. okay, this is a risk that I need to take because I don't want to keep living like this. Yes. Yes, I want to yes. be able to leave something behind for my kids and their grandkids yes. and their yes. kids, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's another piece, man, and I wonder how we're going to get this together. And then we're going to try to do our part, Black mm -hmm. Man Vent too. How mm -hmm. do we educate our people, man? Yeah, I know you say you got some people that you, you know, you help and this, that, and the third, but how do we get in a general sense and help our people, man, or just get that information out there and make it readily available. Here's another one. Make it readily available without me having to pay you an insane amount of money to get the information. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I say do the exact same thing that I did because right now I'm not even charging for the information that I'm giving out. I'm letting people in there for free. But exactly. <laughs> but Look, And when I said wow, because I've been checking into some financial stuff. And they mm -hmm. always want some money. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Me and my son was looking at some stuff this past weekend. And it was mm -hmm. about how you can get some tax breaks for the business that you're in. So mm -hmm. I, I signed on with the bros and everything. I'm not going to put they shout these stuff out because I don't want to bad mouth no because it's another brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and he, he's a wealthy brother. He made, he got mm -hmm. some good, good money. And he mm -hmm. has some stuff. He said, I'm offering you this class. And he was like, yeah, you get this class, sign up for free something free this free mm -hmm. and that free but why mm -hmm. by the time i signed up for it 
and I got in and put my password in and all that. Then he started asking for money. I'm like, oh, dude, come on now. You know what I'm so I'll tell you the reason why people do that, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, all the information that I would be able to give you, right, mm-hmm. it took me from the time I was in the 11th grade until right now for me to be mm-hmm. able to essentially figure out all of that information, right? Right. Right. And then not even just the time that was put into it, I actually had to pay some people. So, for instance, mm, mm, I get it. I t- mm-hmm. I'm, I mentor certain people, and yes, I do charge certain people depending mm-hmm. on who they are. Now, mm. for instance, me knowing your son, I can talk to your son. Yeah. We brothers in the same bond. We're from yes. the same state. I can talk yeah. to him. I can teach him some things, right? And he can teach me yeah. some things that I may not know. Everybody right. knows something that somebody else doesn't. It's, a matter, it's a, a matter of being able to bring the value first and foremost. But two, you have to think about what that person had to pay in order to be able to learn all the information that they giving you for free. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, that's me, a good point. That's a good point. Me going to these conferences, right? When I first got into the multifamily side, that's the apartment side, right? Buying the mm-hmm. apartments. When I first mm-hmm. moved to Texas, I had no idea what they were. Mm-hmm. I only knew about residential real estate in Memphis mm-hmm. and in Tennessee. Everybody that looks like us, all they talk about buying is duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, up to a sixplex. It's never more units than that. Right. right? And got down here. Obviously, I knew how to trade stocks, but me being able to be like, okay, I see these group of white people. No disrespect to white people. Um, every Caucasian person in the city of Dallas, Texas, that's what they do for work. Mm-hmm. None of them work in actual jobs. They all do that. And so I was asking, I was like, okay, so how many units is the apartment complex you just acquired? 220. Wow. And they never buy it with their own money. Mm. So I had to figure out how you buy it without your own money. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's called a multifamily syndication. For all y'all listeners, there you go. That's not Mm. even a topic in Tennessee. But they essentially go out, they raise the capital from friends and family first. Um, and then their friends and families, friends and family essentially would um, invest into the deal. So they raise the capital, um, an acquisition fee, a sponsor fee, all of that goes to the people that are hosting the deal. They get money on the front end, but they essentially manage the apartment complex for you or hire a property manager. You get mm-hmm. paid anywhere between 8 and 12% a year just on the front end. Mm-hmm. So if you gave them $100,000, right, you're going to make ten, well, eight to $12,000 mm-hmm. every year. And then mm-hmm. on the fifth year, when they sell the apartment complex, 70% goes to the investors. So let's just say y'all y'all invested 100000 but they only yeah. need to raise $10 million. 100000 is 1%, right? Yeah. So that means you get 1% of that 70%. So if they sold that apartment complex for $10 million in profit, $7 million goes to the investors. So you get 1% of that $7 million, right? right. What is right. it? Seven million. That's, if, if my math is right, seven hundred thousand. No, so seven million, seven hundred thousand is ten percent. So that means, 10, so, yeah, so, so that's he didn't say ten percent. Yeah, one percent. So you what, get seven thousand. No, so it's seventy thousand. So you get seventy thousand. Okay, yeah, yeah. Plus you get your hundred thousand back that you originally gave them. So now you had right. one hundred and seventy thousand. That's almost one hundred percent on your money, right? Right. And then you get the, the you was getting that the eight to twelve percent. So let's just say ten percent. So you get ten percent a year for five years. Ten times five is what? That's fifty thousand. So yes, fifty sir. plus your seventy, that's what? One twenty. Yeah. So you get hundred and twenty back 
plus your 100 that you originally gave and you don't got to pay taxes on none of it. Because you write off the depreciation of the apartment complex. Hold on, back up now. Wait a minute, back up now. So I I didn't pay. Wait a minute, I made this money. I didn't pay no taxes. They give you they give you what's called a K one, a form K one. You essentially file on your taxes and you write you write off the depreciation. So they split the depreciation. Let's just say if it was five million in depreciation, right? Mm -hmm. They split up their five million in depreciation with the investors. Eighty percent of that goes to the investors. So 80% of 5 million goes to the investors wow. and then the people that were hosting the deal keep the risk. So yeah. with that being said, whatever your percentage of that 80% was, that's how much of the money that you don't have to pay taxes on. But if you had some depreciation from another deal that you invested in that mm -hmm. was able to carry over, you get to write that off as a loss on your taxes. So let's just say you wrote off a loss of yeah. 100,000, yeah. but you made 120,000. That means you only got to pay taxes on 20,000 of the money. Whoa. Hey man, quick break, quick break, quick break. We're gonna, we're, real quick, Whoa. real quick. Tonyo, you dropping too much game, man. I'm in here, I'm in here sweating. Yeah, hold up. Yeah, we need a break, man. Hey, we're gonna take a quick, quick commercial break, man. We can't do math. We don't know what's going on, man. He, he dropping some true gems on the show, man. After this commercial break. Oh, we'll get right into, man, the second half of our episode yeah. where we'll learn a little bit more about Tony uh, O'Man and the mental health side of everything, man, that is involved yes, in finances, man. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? <laughs> 